me, Sir Buckley, your resident green man and head tree keeper person. We apologise for the slight delay last week, but uh, it took me a good four or five days just to stop crying about the Game of Thrones. So, And then we were supposed to have an episode come out yesterday, but I was attacked by a very nasty bout of grey fever. Hey, scale. Not sure which is the better joke. But uh, hopefully I sound a little bit clearer to you now. Today, obviously, we are talking about that final... No, I won't cry. Final episode of Game of Thrones, The Iron Throne. Uh, Lady Buckley is going to join me in a moment. You haven't heard from her in a little while, so I'm sure you're excited. Before I tell you what we're doing today and going into the future, let me talk about what we have been doing. Last episode was back to normal, back to a proper episode with the wonderful Chloe and Eliana of Girls Gone Canon. Please go and have a look at that. It's a really good episode. Back to normal, back to a nice long podcast instead of this mini cast stuff. So go and have a look at that if you can. Also, last week, very lucky, completed the free Pete, came right back around uh, and was lucky enough to join History of Westeros on their final, yeah, final, book to show stream with, of course, Lady Gwen of Radio Westeros as well. Go and have a look at that if you would like on YouTube. Speaking of the lovely YouTube, I've just spent a week putting our back catalogue up on our own Isle of Faces channel. So if you're the kind of person who likes to... Uh, look as well as listen you can go and have a look at our previous podcasts including the mini casts or you can have a look at uh, a bong of ice and fires brilliant artwork that she created for us which i definitely like looking at i have it everywhere so obviously going forward all our new episodes this one included will be going up there so go on and have a like have a comment whatever you fancy speaking of we always like to hear from you i said on twitter the other day if you've got any suggestions people you want to have on the show uh, things you want to know, comments in general, just want to say hello, please do, please leave a review, whatever you like, you know where to find us, you know all that jazz, I'm sure you do it for all the other podcasts anyway, so keep doing it for us as well. So today, today is going to be a general uh, reaction, which I know, yes, it has been, what, eight days since the, eight or nine days since the last episode, I won't cry, I promise, um, so delayed reaction, but reaction will same, because this kind of stuff doesn't really go away. So we're going to talk just generally about how we were watching the episode, uh, the, our opinions on the the main plot beats, the big things, things that stuck out to us, just kind of overview. But, lucky you, we have three episodes, not just one or two, three episodes coming up on the Iron Throne. So today, general reaction, like I said, the next time we will be going through our minor characters and what happened to them, how they ended up, and we're also going to do a review of how each kingdom ended up, who ended up ruling them, who was involved, bloody blah, etc, etc. And following that, our third episode, we will be revisiting some of our arguments throughout season eight, by which I mean between I and my lovely wife, Lady Buckley. So that'll be Daenerys and Sansa's relationship it will be what Brienne was thinking with Jamie, and of course the great enigma that exists within our house Bronn so looking forward to that as well I'm sure we'll get one later this week and then another next week and we might even put out an episode about the last watch the two-hour documentary which I've actually been saving even though I wanted to watch it Sunday night so that I could watch it Lady Buckley because that's the kind of husband I am I definitely probably definitely almost definitely won't watch it before she can anyway we might even do um 
an episode on season eight in general. And then we're going to have to some discussions this week about how to get Lady Buckley involved. Maybe we go back, watch previous seasons, maybe something else. We haven't decided yet. Again, suggestions, lay them on us. So, without further delay, let's get to it then. The Iron Throne. The Iron Throne is about a lot of characters, but two in particular, John and Daenerys. So if they're going to have two, we should as well. Let me get in Lady Buckley. Lady Buckley, how are you? And would you like to tell everyone how much, how upset I was after the final? Hello. Um, you took a couple of days just to recover from it, let alone the actual moment of watching the show. It was really heartbreaking to see such a big part of your life end. Yes, it was. <laughs> I know it's heartbreaking for you, but it's, it's, I think it's harder seeing someone you love go through it. Well, both of us, because we've watched... We've literally watched half of it together, mm. four seasons before, four seasons after, so big stuff. How did you feel about it being the last episode before we actually get into the episode itself? Um, Obviously, I'm very sad that it's ended, but I do appreciate the closure of it. <laughs> I found it really difficult just to watch it from a kind of like meta standpoint knowing it was the last episode and I think that got into into my head a bit because in the beginning I wasn't even enjoying it because I knew they were going to see these credits again never going to like stay up Sunday night and watch it blah 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 now I think that was even overriding the story even to the point of like the first act so to speak when the John and Daenerys thing happens and I got really worried about how people would be reacting to it I thought it all happened too fast and I needed you actually had to calm me down in the adverts and tell me to get out myself in my own head, didn't you? Well, yeah, even at, from the very beginning, you were overthinking it massively. Mm. And the whole, like, John and Daenerys bit, you, we got to that ad break and you were saying, oh, people won't like this. And I was like, well, it doesn't matter what people think. It matters True. of the story. Mm. And people can like it, they can dislike it. It's what we said all along. It's up to It's up to the story to tell it how it wants to be. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you saved me. And then we got on a little bit the second half, didn't we? But still very emotional. Only because I tried not to talk to you during the adverts. Yeah, that was probably best. But ending, even though not what we expected, I don't think. I think that was the other half of it is because we don't really try to predict things too much, but that's quite hard when there's only one episode left and you're going to know how everything ends up. Mm. So I think we did do that this time around and I certainly had ideas of what was going to happen and then when they didn't it kind of threw me off mm. but should we talk about actually what did happen rather than what we thought yeah okay go ahead so obviously we're talking about daenerys and john well so. yeah that was the probably the biggest part yeah so what do you think well i said to you before i thought john would kill daenerys and i thought that fit yeah, but you thought that was in line with the in order to kill the night king no i mean before this episode i thought john would kill daenerys oh okay i thought you yeah, from the last episode and his reactions, but I was thinking more long term that he had. Yeah, yeah, like before the season, sure. But um, no, I definitely thought from what had happened in the bells that John would be the one. I definitely thought it would fit in his recurring themes of duty. He's like the new Ned. I thought it all fit very well. The price you pay and having to kill what you love, all these themes will come into her head. So I thought John would be the one to do it. I did not think he'd be doing it as in just kind of walking up to her and tricking her. Mm. I thought there'd be a lot more, a bigger a thing. And I was still expecting a twist at some point. I even thought, you know, Drogon was going to reanimate her or something. But in the gift of hindsight, 
it all does fit and I do like that he had to lie to her and all this because it's the worst thing for John slash Ned. Yeah, I think it doesn't... He didn't have any other opportunity though, did he? He he had to... From hearing that speech, it was bad enough what he witnessed. Mm. Um, And then he can go with the vein of she would have some remorse, what we're saying, that we hope she had some comeuppance in in that emotional state. But it was probably to him the only kind of time oh, yeah. when he would have that opportunity yeah i don't know the decision at all no i'm not saying about the decision but that at the timing because you were saying that you thought it wouldn't have been at that point that he'd have to trick her or whatever it was more that he had to do it as soon as he could well i didn't even mean it as like it's quick for him i, I meant quick for the episode that like mm. you would think that that would be like the the end but i guess they've got so much after that they have to lay out the episode was really like the end and then an epilogue wasn't it really well like you said before the to me there was the whole episode was an epilogue yeah but with the characters i think it was very fitting i think with the two of them she had lost herself and if you think of him as the ultimate kind of lord commander all those he loves he loses Mm. and it's what ultimately comes in the end he has to give up what he loves he has to give up his lands he has to give up his home he has to give up all of this Mm. for his duty which is something that would have gone from the beginning from what you'd think of the duty and the kind of of the Starks and we say Ned but you can also think of Benjamin as well well you think that's a good point relating it to the Night's Watch vows I guess even though he died and got out with them he's ended up paying them anyway so yeah that's a good i hadn't thought of that well they always talk about the wildlings being starks and being first men and they have first men blood within them and all these things and the watch is built by the starks yeah so heavy link i think yeah it was a good way to say that there was the way that the starks ended because if you thought about the kind of how the seasons have played out from the very first season where well even first season the first couple of seasons you see the starks seeming to just be decimated as a house mm. to actually see how did they all end up yeah we said before um last week about we really hoped that she would show some kind of remorse and like you said it was pretty obvious from that speech that she didn't and she's kind of gone lent full into the cause even with Tyrion and john looking not very happy and you could see that speech uh she was really kind of birthing an empire that whole you know, the big stairs and all the soldiers and the massive tattered flag looked very, very imperial, empire-ish. Mm. And John in the throne room was really giving her every chance he could to show some kind of remorse or some kind of questioning. I, I would have loved to have seen her, even if she didn't admit it to John, just have some kind of fault when he said about children or whatever, but mm. it wasn't I, there. I wanted her to go back on what she'd done, but I think... If you take the time to go back to the previous episode and that moment, it wasn't a short moment, a long moment with her on Drogon where she's having that kind of internal struggle. Mm. You can almost hear it within her, all those things that she's been through and think about her journey. And it is traumatic. It is, they think about it from the very beginning. She's chased out of her home away from her family her family are murdered by Mm. the Lannisters there was obviously other people who were alongside it but throughout her journey it was 
Cersei was kind of intricate into her death, her, her, her but her like family's death, her um, child dying, all these kind of pressures she was pushed into going and being married. She was sold. She had to go through all these torments. Yeah, and it didn't stop when she got to Westeros. It continued. No. Cersei well, it got worse. Yeah. yeah, Cersei continued to do this. She killed the people that even more people than people she would have called her family. She had very little left, and people in that state have go through stages yeah. of desperation. That's yeah. where you can see what seven seasons internalized into ten seconds. Yeah, if you can hope all we'd like, but it does make complete sense. And unfortunately, what we hope isn't what that's not what the show is about giving us what we want, is it? So sad to see Daenerys not have that remorse. And I was particularly sad that we didn't get any last words or anything because, like, John does the deed and she clearly tries to say something and can't muster it, and then she's gone. And it would it's just heartbreaking to see this character that we've loved and grown for and everything and then she's just gone in an instant you know before this season i absolutely loved daenerys yeah but i think it was good that she didn't have those last words because obviously she's been all the way through when she was with inessa she's had these great kind of speeches and strength behind her words and she's had all these kind of people follow and believe her in her words and to have that completely taken away by her falling in love with someone Mm. i think I think the words didn't need to be said because the reaction was Drogon's reaction. Yeah. I guess it's also a weird twist in that, you know, she's gone down this dark path and started getting paranoid, but she was right. Someone she just did kill her and end her ideals in the end. We all know that it was for the greater good, but obviously her probably last thoughts were like, oh, I am right. Everyone is against me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think you are right. Yeah, I think she probably did feel... Like, she was betrayed, obviously. But I think going through her head, she had believed that up until that point she was embracing John. I don't think she felt like he was going to do that. Otherwise, no. she wouldn't have gone through that action. Well, no, of course not. I'm saying as she lays dying and he's mm. just stabbed her, she probably did think that. Yeah, but I don't think it was the sense that everyone was against her. I think maybe she had a re- realisation within that moment of what had actually happened, what she had done. Well, we could hope so, yeah. That would be a good way to think about it. Also, very emotional final shot of Drogon uh, taking her and just disappearing into the clouds. But before then, just his whole reaction, his trying to nudge her lifeless body, and it just shows the like true love for such a strong character and that um, Drogon can say like he loved her and he can have loved her, but... like that was a true love between them and the fact that he destroyed the throne the throne that she'd been working for all the way since the beginning yeah and he destroyed that where do you think he went i would say he'd gone back to um valeria that's near where valeria is because he flew over it you see him fly over it when Uh, Tyrion and jorah sail through yeah i didn't know if they're in yeah maybe they're I'd still think that's where he'd go. Yeah. I just think he went and gave her a funeral somewhere. Let's move on anyway because we're taking up time. So the next, that's obviously the biggest part of the episode. But the other thing is that uh, Bran becomes king and they have this big council. So what were your thoughts on the the council and 
Tyrion's. <laughs> so Tyrion's like, I think he had a real turning point here because I know there was a lot of questions around his kind of intelligence and tactics over the last couple of episodes, even into last season, his tactics and his kind of ability to outthink other people. I think seeing Cersei and Jaime amongst the rubble really kind of focused him, cleared him from, well, this is what should be done to actually get him back into that mindset of, yes, I am smart, I should try and outthink other people rather than just think about what is right, what should be done, what should these people be doing. So when it came to kind of that kind of platform with all those people, mm-hmm. he had that. He had, he'd had that time to think about it, to already clear it up within his head. And I know he seems like exasperated in parts and he seems like he's given up, but he still uses that intelligence, which is obviously his strength that he's always had. Yeah, I think he is kind of... I think he is prepared to have no more part in rule or Westeros or anything. He was using his kind of last card to do something good, like you say, and have one last effect before he gets carted off. He probably expected to just be executed anyway. My biggest, uh, like the first thought I had about this council was that it's a really good reflection for how much influence Sansa's gained over seven, eight seasons. So if you look at who's there... Like there's a question of how they even got all these lords together because you know generally they don't all like each other. So if you think in that immediate aftermath where John admits he does the most John thing ever and just admits, yeah, I did kill her. Like she's not just gone anywhere. So he gets in prison. So I guess it would be Davos telling Sansa because Davos hasn't got the power to call that council. Sansa must have called this council together. And if you look like they're all Sansa people, like Yon Royce is there. He's a Sansa person. Robin Aaron's there. He likes Sansa. Obviously Davos and Brienne, especially. Uh, Sansa people, Edmure she's related to. Gendry's got connections to. Sam probably likes her. She's got connections to like 80% of Westeros that she's got influence over. And you can see straight away that she's kind of, she's basically in charge of this council. I think that is kind of a reflection on her journey and how she spent in King's Landing, but also the kind of setup that Peter Baelish kind of was trying to have with her. Obviously, we got we got to negate his kind of intentions behind it, but yes, I do think that. But I think it was kind of set up by other people for her to be that person to have those connections. Well, I think a lot. Of, well, I think I disagree. I think a lot of it's off her own back. I don't think anyone ever intended. For her to end up like this, obviously. I think you should give her more credit for taking it herself. I don't, no, I'm not saying that she didn't take it herself and have to go through those things and have to set up these relationships herself. But I think there was a lot of, as you would say, networking in the background mm. done by other people to try and position her as if she was a pawn. Yeah, there definitely was a lot of that, but I don't think any of those efforts have lasted. All, all those people I just listed are pretty much ones she's made. But through having done that, she would never have met Robert Aaron, Robin Aaron, or Yon Royce without Peter Baelish trying to set her up as that point. Mm. Well, she's related to. But she wouldn't have got. Well, she wouldn't have gone to the Eyrie. Mm. What do we think about the outcome of Bran becoming king? Do you like that? Um, I'm not sure. I would have preferred him more as an advisor, I think, mm. um, than the ruler. But I guess with his kind of power as you would say 
who does have a good view of what is going on. The problem would fall at whether he has this kind of power, whether people would see it as an invasion, intrusion into their lives, into the histories, into the futures, into what's going on. Mm. And with that, it would be very difficult for him to rule. I think there would also within that, I know they said yes, they agree, but I think there would be a lot of struggles within that. I know he's the last, the oldest remaining Stark boy, descendant from Ned. Mm. But actually, where Asanza had these political connections has worked from that. He has just, I know he had these journeys with the North to get this power, but in terms of the kind of laws of Westeros, where's he come from? Yeah, I think if we were going to look into the actual logistics of it, of like, would this actually happen and like, will this happen in the books type thing? Yeah, there'd definitely be a lot more resistance of the strange crippled boy with weird powers who supports a different religion and has disappeared for years and bloody blah, went above the wall, etc. So yeah, there'd definitely be a much bigger resistance than we saw. But if, and they've kind of muddled on what powers Bran still has or like, does he still see into the future? Was that just for the Night King? We don't really know. But in theory... You know, he could be the perfect king if he does know all, like, if he is all-knowing. But I was more worried. I thought they were going to choose Sansa. I thought Tyrion was going to nominate Sansa as a thanks for being a cool wife type thing. Yeah, I think that was kind of what was everyone would have been expecting. And I think it was very good that they actually did do a spin on that because, yes, it is fan service to give it to Sansa because of all, like, how many people love her and her, like, what she's been through and her, like, development as a character but I think it was better the way it finished in that she was always been fighting for the north she didn't care about Westeros yeah. she cared about the north I agree it's better for her character that she especially since like right back in season one she's like no I hate the north take me south to all the lords and ladies so there's a much better conclusion for her arc that she is like Miss North now she's basically she's the only character we actually know anymore in the north we don't know anyone else there which we'll talk about in our other episode but um yeah it's a much better conclusion but she also would have been deserving i think and i was very worried when they when Tyrion started going on about bran that they would just forget sansa again that would have been bad mm, i don't think she was ever gonna be forgotten i think you could even say was it their intention that this was gonna happen who well sansa bran Tyrion. don't think so do you just think they're acting in front of all the other lords do no I think that do you not think that it is something that Bran will have foreseen and Sansa would have always fought for well there's the I know there's ideas out there like well if Bran can see the future maybe he's been planning this the whole time but I don't like getting into that because it's just a minefield but I'm not thinking about the whole time I'm thinking of since they've come down no I think they went down to get make sure John was alive I think they had other intentions as well. I think knowing what John did. So can I talk about the Stark children now? Yes, if you wish. Okay, so unless there's anything else you want to say about that council meeting, or should we save that for that for save time? That okay. Um. So what I was saying was that I think the way that it ended was really good, and for when you see the first two seasons, you see kind of the Starks being decimated as a house. You see them 
kind of breaking apart and separating and I think it was really fitting that at the end you see all the Stark children who are left in kind of where they belonged with even though they are all separate Mm. they are still a pack so obviously you've got all areas that we can kind of know of being covered you've got a Bran ruling Westeros you've got Sansa ruling the north you've got Jon in the true north and then you've got Arya going to explore other lands and with that you've got each one of them kind of suiting what their character arc was all about Sansa was always all about the north Jon spent a good time on the wall of being above the wall um, with the wildlings having that connection you had Bran finding out about Westeros and about the whole of that as a country as it were you had Arya going off and exploring new things and mysteries yeah I agree it's, they all get a good conclusion to their arcs I don't think I agree with your reasoning but why? it's not a fight I'm not well why don't you agree with my reasoning? okay so you said Sansa's always been about the north yeah, I she think... did not care about the North until season five when she got put back there. Right, but when you think about it, she did care about it. What she had, she was going through as a child. Yeah. And then through when she matured, it was all about the North. You can't judge. How? You can't judge someone on how they acted as a child. Otherwise, you would judge her for. No, but we're talking Ned's about death. We're talking about her arc, right? And you're saying that she, her whole thing is she's always been about the North. She hasn't always been about the North. She barely mentions the North until season five, which is half the arc. So she can't always have been about the North. So I thought those final three shots, uh, I'm not really sure why they excluded Bran, that was a bit mean. But to be fair, I think John, Sansa, Aya, they have been the focus. I know they've got Tyrion and Daenerys thrown in there as well. But as you said, like the Starks at the core, the beginning series is all about what's happened to them and then being ripped apart. And seven and eight was about how they came back together. They came back together for this one last mission to defeat the Night King, and then they got caught up in all this other stuff as well. Uh, yeah, come together. Tragically, none of them are still together. They're all apart, like you said. But those final shots were very, very emotional. Really good idea to show Aya going west, like you said, which is a mirror to her going east in uh, season four. Sansa gets to be Queen of the North. She's been focused on for so long, and most importantly, I think John gets his release from all these horrible duties he's had for years and all this weight that's been uh, pulling him down. This is what I wrote in an essay earlier this week that they've all escaped their own personal demons, and John, especially having had the most recent demon and killing Daenerys, you know, he goes above the wall, the gate shuts, and I think it's quite obvious. Well, that's saying that, you know, he's saying goodbye to Westeros and goodbye to him having to be king and now he can just be wild, like he said to Tormund he wanted to be. Yeah, um, no, I like those points. I like what you've got to say. I think with that, obviously, this is the point you were saying earlier, that this is where I didn't like the closing of it, in that all three stories, I really like that how, even with Bran, how it ended for them it was enjoyable to see that this is where their characters are what i didn't like is that there is scope for in my mind other stories so you can still be thinking well what is john doing what is Arya doing what is sansa doing and that's what i don't like i like 
to know the kind of finite of it and wouldn't I would hate to think that anyone would ever try and put something in there to say that all oh, this is actually what happened but how would they it's quite hard to do because they're all so young like you can't really how would you end it without that being open because whatever that they end up doing like Tyrion's in a fixed place in a fixed position but we're still gonna be wondering what he's dealing with and what's happening to him and the realm and everything aren't they so it'd be the same with like where would you put Aya where you're not going to wonder well what's she up to now no, I agree with that, but what I'm talking about is where they were wasn't... Yeah, they're in a fixed position. So, like, Bran's king is in a fixed position, but Arya, mm. she's going off into lands unknown. There's a whole big realm of things that have so many possibilities in that. Whereas I know, like, there's certain characters which they have got fixed possibilities based upon their station, based upon where they end up. But you think about how open, kind of... John's path will be how open Arya's path will be it leads to a lot more kind of people trying with these afterthoughts oh yeah that's a good thing though to leave it open you don't just want to okay that's it that's the rest of their I know the rest of their lives now you want to be thinking well, they could be off doing anything and especially for those two who are the the wild ones who want to be going off doing these things I thought it was quite an apt ending I'm just saying with what I wanted I just wanted more of a finite closure. I don't I just don't like the idea of what people would try and put in as afterthoughts to what it already is. Yeah, but anything that people try and put in now, there's absolutely no basis for, so it's just like you can just disregard it. There's no point saying what you think I or John's gonna be doing because there's n- nothing there. So you can just make up your own story and keep it to yourself. Yeah, but what I'm saying is it would be nice to have it a line drawn under it. I think you can't really have much more of a line drawn, can you? Yeah. How? Well, like, if we go a couple of episodes back, if the Night King won and all died, then you would have finite answers. But what I'm saying is that their endings are so open. There's not... There's an unlimited amount of possibilities for Arya. What could happen? Yeah, I like that. I know you do. I'm just saying that's what I didn't like. Okay, is there any other points you want to... Any other... No. Anything else you want to say about the episode? Um, I think we're going to talk about our minor characters in the next one. Yeah, that doesn't include, like, Davos and Brienne. I don't know if you want to talk about them. Anyone else? I don't know where I kind of see... I think it was nice with the council to see the characters that we kind of loved and you'd say kind of secondary characters Mm. and how they've earned those kind of rights and I think they were all brilliant to see it was a really nice kind of moment to have that element of comedy within it that's been throughout the show how do you think you're going to remember the episode and season eight and just the kind of the ending of it all as we go on do you enjoy it um yeah I enjoy every season of Game of Thrones but I think what I will take from season eight is the Battle of Winterfell. Yeah. That to me was the kind of true ending. I think everything else was just resolution of not all ties, but of all these journeys and all these lines. It was the resolution of the kind of epilogue, as you would say. That was the true climax. I think that's what I'd really remember. I had hoped previously, and I still did, that the Night King would be would end up being the final enemy. That's not what we got. But yeah, I think you're right. 
the only way to look at it now is that they all came together they were this mission they all played a part in defeating the night king but that the fact that the whole show is about like how humans do each other over basically do themselves in by even facing all that even defeating like literally the worst enemy you can think of and they still managed to kind of destroy themselves through infighting etc yeah i think it really just shows humanity at its basis that's my point (laughs) that was my point and you just really see kind of the core of humanity and if you strip it back what we've got people all have these layers and there's lots of different characters that show the different people within the world we live in but actually strip them back to basics and what actually are the decisions what actually are the motivations between behind people and the relationships between people okay should we wrap it up there then keep it as this mini cast still mm-hmm. okay so that's our thoughts on the uh, the big parts and then next time we'll do what to our minor characters? Maybe we'll shove a Davos and a Brienne in there yeah. for old time's sake. Well, we lost Missandei, so... Yeah, so, so we've got a slot. Um, we'll go through quickly how we feel about where each kingdom has ended up and what's going on in general. And then we'll have our arguments one know. after that. If we know, yeah. Okay, do you want to say goodbye? Bye! Okay, there you go, folks. That's our quite rushed thoughts about Season 8, Episode 6, The Iron Throne. Quite rushed, but... I mean, we could go on for hours and hours about something this monumental, and we like to keep that little mini-cast format for you. For those of you in a rush, can't always get the big two-hour podcast going. We'll get back to it. We'll get back to those soon enough. Do have to say though that, like we mentioned at the beginning, you know, this was a big deal to us, probably to me especially, but to both of us as well. Uh, Lady Buckley has become just as invested. Maybe not quite, but just as invested as I. And just to see the last episode and to see these things in universe, these all changing things, the conclusion of these arcs that we've seen right from the beginning. If you think how far Daenerys has come and the road that John has travelled and all the Stark kids, not to mention all the minor characters that we didn't get to today that we didn't get to today. We will at some point. And just seeing how it all wraps up and Lady Buckley makes a good point about, you know, open uh, open futures and that makes some uncomfortable. I prefer it, but yeah, it, it was it was a thing. And very sad to see these characters go, these actors go. We've also grown to love. Uh, we've not watched the last watch yet, but I know, rightfully so, all the people behind the cameras, behind the scenes are getting a lot of credit and a lot of love and we're very thankful to those as well. So the show we will miss, but the story, the story is the thing and I just love the idea of John getting to be wild and I being free, Sansa being the ruler, not the pawn. As tragic as it is, still very emotional about what happened to Daenerys, but it's not a show where we get what we want and you just got to look at it as her mission kind of got accomplished. She did, if not break, at least change the wheel. Not the way we had hoped for. And definitely not the ending. But do love that final image of Drogon taking her back, back east where she's supposed to be. And that's just what you got to go with. 
luckily there's still lots to listen to lots to read we've got two more episodes coming on the iron throne alone and i'm sure we'll think of other stuff as well i've already done two essays on the iron throne which you can find on uh, our website thegrindstone.co.uk or just have a look on my twitter they're all about somewhere don't forget you can follow lady buckley as well again have a look at my twitter you'll find it and yeah we will be back so don't wait too long probably this weekend we'll do our minor characters what's happened to the kingdoms at large and maybe some davos and brienne some other cool characters so stay tuned please do get in touch we love talking to you all we love hearing from you and uh yeah just keep telling me i'm right and she's wrong because that's what we want to hear until next time we'll see you then